So it's kind of interesting to me. What really struck out to me about you is that now you're working at Yik Yak, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Yik Yak is a pretty popular application. And being, like, so I kind of am interested in your thoughts. And, like, feel free to, skip, like, skip over this if you're not comfortable talking about it. But, you know, I'm kind of, like, wondering how... As a designer, you think you can use your or you, you can use your power as a designer at Yik Yak to like solve the issue of like hate speech or other like discriminatory um, slash ignorant comments made on the platform or threats to certain like the safety of others. And if you don't want to comment on it, like we can all, um, always skip over it. But I'm really curious on your thought about thoughts about it. You can always discuss it afterwards too. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Two Black Nerds. This is Zihai Ekachuku. We're going to be doing something a little bit different today. Y'all listen to the Happy Birthday app um, interview by Romeo. At least I hope you did. And it's my turn. And today we have Justin Carson, a product designer at Yik Yak. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Justin. Just tell him what's up, like your name. You know, tell, tell us a little about yourself, like where you're from, where you're based at, all that good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I'm Justin, uh, product designer at Yik Yak. I'm originally from Atlanta. I've, I've been here pretty much my whole life. Um, and I actually recently like just got out of college about, I want to say like six, seven months ago. Oh, you're fresh uh, out. Yeah, yeah, so I'm pretty, pretty fresh out. I've, I've been pretty lucky like to get my career kind of started. Um, so yeah, I've been having like a really great time so far. That's what's up, that's what's up. Um, where'd you go to school at? So I went to Savannah College of Art and Design uh, in Atlanta. Uh, I just went there for a good four years. I didn't have to stay longer. Um, I didn't have a minor or anything. I studied uh, graphic design. I got my BFA. And uh, it was a really, really interesting program. Um, It was kind of like trying to fight the balance between wanting to be into a lot of the digital side, but also trying to stick to like traditional design patterns. Um, and principles that have been set such a long time ago. Uh, so I kind of got to experience the best of both worlds. But for me, man, product and, and digital has always been like my lane. Oh, for real? So now that you asked that, how about you tell us about your journey to becoming a designer? Did you always know that you were going to become a designer? Or did you, was it just one of those things that you figured out like your senior year of high school? Like, what's the story behind that? Uh, so I've always been like super into design. Um, of course, like everybody, when I first started, I was terrible. I was probably like the worst designer ever. Um, I originally got my start when I was 14. I worked on MySpace um, for a while, actually doing MySpace layouts. Um, okay. And yeah, yeah, that was really, really fun. So it was like my first time like writing HTML, CSS and like. I mean, style sheets and like doing all this crazy stuff and like people were actually using my layouts um, that I was doing and that was super exciting. But I knew I really wanted to like work on more things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't know exactly what. So I took a couple of years like through high school to kind of like do little projects here and there with friends. Um, and then when I got like to my senior year of high school, I, I really got into sort of like things that made people feel good. Um, and at the time I had like a really, really sort of like off perception of design. Like I, I felt like design was just like 
emotional things, like very caring, um, and that it really impacted people 100%. And I think it does, but I don't think it impacts people 100%. And I also don't think anymore that it's completely emotional. I feel like design has the power to really evoke emotion out of people. And by the time I got to college, I had been so used to doing like traditional graphic design and things through high school. Um, I sort of really wanted to try something new. And product design and UI design, it's really not a big focus um, sure. at a lot of colleges. And I think it's a huge problem. It's like a traditional uh, print background, right? For sure. Yeah, I feel you on that. Notre Dame was the same way. And that was kind of one of my uh, gripes with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand. You know, don't get me wrong. And it's very oh, yeah. important. The fundamentals. Uh, the theory. You, know, you, know, you have the fundamentals before you can start going into like some of the more advanced concepts. Like It's going to be applied in the digital UIs, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And everything that I do now ultimately goes back to a lot of those principles. So I'm really, really fortunate that I got to experience that. But, you know, I kind of got to a point in college where I was kind of like that kid that just did his own thing. And, like, uh, I wasn't, like, rebelling against professors, but I was just kind of like, you know, I know what I want to do in my life. And, and, you know, I'm going to do it and hopefully you guys will support me and help me. Um, But if not, like, I believe in myself enough uh, to do these things. And so I was literally the kid that was, like, in, you know, a print class and, like, I was sitting you know, in text wrangler or something like, you know, writing some, some CSS, um, just like completely not interested, but just like wanting to do my own thing. Um, and you know, I always thought like it would hurt me in the long run, but it kept me curious. Um, and that's one thing that I really try to keep with me today is like, no matter what, like I always believe in a lot of the things that I really want to do because I know where that's got me now. Um, and how much that'll help me later. For sure. So you're at Yik Yak now, but during your undergraduate career, did you have any internships? Did you intern at anywhere like pretty cool? Like, tell us about your like career path from freshman year up until now to where you're at with Yik Yak. Yeah. So the funny thing, um, of course, like you know, you and me both know, and part of like what this podcast is about, um, being black is is pretty tough still yeah. <laughs> Um So. For me, when I was in college, um, I really did not get uh, a ton of support from um, my school in terms of like helping me land things. Um, you know, maybe because like people sort of looked at you know how I was in class and like me wanting to always do my own thing or something like that. But um, I was able to do things on my own, and to me, I appreciate that a lot more in the long run. So I want to say my junior year. Um, actually, no, my sophomore year, excuse me, um, I got an internship at this really, really early stage startup in Atlanta. Um, the company was called Experience and it was a company that built, um, sort of like goods and services for sporting events. Um, and the app was completely web-based, uh, and they built the app completely web-based so they could push out changes a lot faster not have to worry about like a bunch of bandwidth issues um, and just build it directly for the browser, which was really smart at the time. Um, and that actually taught me a lot. I was actually the only designer there. Um, wow. So I was pretty much like, you know, just like taking things into my own hands and like looking at the app and putting my own twist on it. And like to this day, like their product is still kind of similar to things that I worked on back in like 2000. 
2013. Um, so that was really, really exciting. And then in 2014, sure. I got to work on the UX team at Razorfish uh, here in Atlanta, and that was super exciting. Um, I got to work on a, a concept pitch for Netflix. Um, that was really, really exciting, all too. All right, all right. I see you. Yeah, yeah. So that was really, really fun. And, of course, like probably one of my, my biggest accomplishments to date is just recently, um, over the past year, I spent about eight months uh, at MailChimp working on the new products team directly with uh, Aaron Walter and a lot of the really great engineers and UX guys there. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, like, were you responsible for building out UIs there and the glyphs and everything like that? Like, what's, what was the new products team about? If you can talk about that a little bit, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so I can share a little bit. Um, the exciting thing was it was a really, really unique experience. Like, I didn't work on MailChimp. Um, there was a team that worked directly on that. So mm-hmm. when I originally got got the call that uh, MailChimp wanted me to join, um, you know, they kind of told me that Aaron Walter and, you know, a few people are, are building a really great thing. Um, and they'd love for me to kind of jump into that with them. And the team was really, really small. It's like, Honestly, when I joined, it was like three of us. <laughs> so, Dang, that's really small. Uh, it was I was thinking really, like, you know, 20 people small, but you're talking about like single digits. That's wild. Yeah, it was literally like myself, Aaron Walter, uh, Federico, who's uh, one of the lead UX developers there. And now he's um, director of UX on the new product team along with Aaron. And uh, Fernando, uh, who actually is a researcher there. And when I got there, I really had no idea why they were sort of set up this way, but I've kind of grown to appreciate it and follow it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just like huddled in a room, um, literally trying to hash out a new idea, a new direction, a completely new concept um, to take MailChimp uh, in the future. And it was probably one of the most exciting things I ever did in my career so far uh, to be able to say like, you know, Aaron Walter, who's so respected today, uh, he's, he was a great mentor for me. For sure. uh, to say, like, I literally got to work on one of his babies uh, with him and, like, a few people uh, was really, really exciting. For sure, for sure. So what are you over here at Yik Yak doing now? Like, are you just uh, building out new UIs? I think I saw in your dribble, actually, earlier, you helped on the mobile application for Yik Yak, the new one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so right now, Yik Yak, I do pretty much most of the product design for iOS and Android. Um, A few months ago, I was actually, um, when I joined, I was joining as someone was leaving. So I was the only designer for about three months, um, which was kind of scary because Yikag is a company that's been growing really, really fast and been getting a lot of attention. Um, And I wasn't really nervous, but I knew that there was a lot on my shoulders. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are really, really great people there from PMs to uh, all the engineers, just to Tyler and Brooks themselves. I mean, the company has been amazing. Um, and so what I've been able to do is I've been able to work on a lot of the new features that have been coming out. Um, and since then, of course, I've been able to get a team. Uh, so there are two really awesome designers that work with me now. Um, and it's such a big help. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. So you said that um, earlier that you did a lot of projects um, during college. Like, how did you go about finding these, like, opportunities? I know MailChimp reached out to you, and you said that 
your school wasn't really that supportive, but did you just have like a, a substantial portfolio that you're just applying at the, all these uh, places that you can or what? Like kind of give me a more detailed like look about how you went about doing these things. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a big part of it is like I was just really, really curious. Um, you know, one thing that I always used to talk to some of my old classmates about is that like you could be the best designer at SCAD, but once you step out of SCAD, that means nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think what really, really helped me was while we were like at school and in class, you know, I was like sitting online looking at designers that I really, really respected, like Karam, uh, who's out in San Francisco. He's working on Operator now. He used to work for Omada Health. Um, he also did work on Fitbit a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people like that have just been always been like a big inspiration for me. And I think the biggest thing that helped me was always having my ear into what was going on in the real world. Yeah. Uh, and being able to like build those connections um that was huge for me and a couple people did end up giving me just opportunities just out of my curiosity um like angela benson who's the founder and ceo of uh new me um really really cool with her now so a few years ago i like dm'd her on twitter and said like hey you went to scad for like grad school like i go to scad now um and we just kind of like talked about that for a while mm-hmm. um and then like one thing led to another and she asked me to like work on a rebrand for new me. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) I was really, really excited about that. Um, and I think I did that maybe like three years ago now. And (laughs) since then it's kind of led to me being able to work with her on just like various projects, her kind of being there, like in my corner, if there's anything I've needed, um, in terms of like mentorship and just kind of keeping my ears open to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think experiences and relationships like that have really, really helped me. Um, and are really, really key, like, when you're in college. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And sorry if this is all over the place, but let's kind of backtrack. Um, I'm, so were you the only black graphic designer during your time at SCAD in your class? Uh, let's see. No, there were a few more. Um, there, there was a handful of us. Um, but, like, I've always kind of been in most, like, situations. I was the only one that was really serious about like mobile and like iOS and interactions and, and like things like that. Um, so it's kind of like a thing, unfortunately, like I've gotten used to, um, but there are many, many talented, uh, black students at SCAD like still today. Um, but they all have like their own focus, but I was always that kid that was like all about a UI, you know? And like, that was my thing. For sure. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right, so shifting gears uh, while we're still on topic of diversity. So it's kind of interesting to me. What really struck out to me about you is that now you're working at Yik Yak, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Yik Yak is a pretty popular application. And being like, so I kind of am interested in your thoughts and like feel free to sk- like skip over this if you're not comfortable talking about it. But, you know, I'm kind of like wondering how as a designer you think you can use your or you, you can use your power as a designer at Yik Yak to like solve the issue of like hate speech or other like discriminatory um slash ignorant comments made on the platform or threats to certain like the safety of others and if you don't want to comment on it like we can all, um, always skip over it but i'm really curious on your thought about thoughts about it you can always discuss it afterwards too yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll touch a little bit on it. I, I won't get too heavy into it. But, um, you know, when things like that happen, um, like, for example, you know, like the whole Missouri thing, um, 
it it doesn't it comes as kind of like a surprise to us. Some people may not, you know, understand that, but um, the threats and the bullying are really a small percentage um, of the things that go on inside of Yik Yak. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of positive things that are really really happening in the app in terms of people just going there to kind of crack jokes, have fun, get information about local things around them, and also just kind of talk as a community. Um, sure. Yik Yak is all about community, and so. When things like that kind of happen, it does kind of make us take a step back. Um, but we take those things very, very seriously. We work very closely with like law enforcement and all these communities. Um, and whenever things like that do happen, we always make sure we get to the bottom of it. And in terms of like what it's like to design for that, um, honestly, it's probably one of the toughest things I've ever had to do. Um, <laughs> uh, like, but in an exciting way. Like, I mean. Designing for anonymity is not easy, but designing a product in general is not easy either. Products are hard. Um, they're extremely hard to do, and you're never going to get them perfect. Yeah. Um, and so what we try to do is we try to build the best product that we can for our users um, because our users aren't like everyone else. They're not the same age as everyone else right now, um, and they're those people that are comfortable with talking anonymously to each other uh, in a community. And so we have to do the best we can to design things for them that really, really work for them. It's not about us. It's not about our visions. It's about what's best for these users and their communities. For sure. Great. Yeah, awesome answer. Um, staying on the topic of racial um, diversity and issues of diversity, I kind of want to address, like, so in an earlier episode of Two Black Nerds, Romeo and I talked about um, the lack of diversity in the tech industry from, or even STEM fields, like we have a lack of black engineers in the valley or in the tech industry as a whole. But it's kind of interesting, like you were talking about how there's a lack of like UI designers or black UI designers, um, UI UX designers at SCAD. But I think that's also a greater problem within the tech industry as a whole because this whole diversity and tech debate or not debate, but like uh, discussion has revolved around developers primarily, but not necessarily designers. And I think that's something like, what are your thoughts on like the lack of, um, the reasons for the lack of black designers in the industry and how could we go about really improving the situation or your thoughts or just like even suggestions, like hypothesis, um, hypotheses that you may have. Yeah, no, it's a super great question. And like, I kind of talk about it all the time because, uh, you know, me being in the position I'm in, like, I have a lot of people that, like, close friends that kind of ask me. Um, and mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it's, like, a much bigger issue, like, in the tech space. And the reason I say that and the reason I speak about how I had to kind of be, like, the go-getter for myself at SCAD is because the reality is that a lot of companies don't want college students um, because they're, like, afraid of what they're learning, uh, especially when it comes to design and when it comes to like product design it's a scary thing for them um i have so many friends who are like those people that are looking for jobs and every day they're just like you know how can i apply for a junior role and they want like four years of experience you know and it's almost like it's a setup for them Uh (laughs) yeah it's like a catch-22 was it like uh not enough experience to get like a job but need more experience to actually like get another job so, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's part of it for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I really just I, I think part of it is like it's only companies and part of it is also 
on the designers themselves, like you have to put yourself out there. You have to let people know that you're super confident in what you're doing um, and you believe in yourself and you know that you can make an impact somewhere. I mean, that's really what I had to do. Like me going to Melchum, me going to Yikyak, I mean, I don't know what the outcome of that is. I just kind of have to believe in myself uh, mm-hmm. and like dive in. You know, I, I don't know how to design for anonymity. I had to grow into that. So, for sure, for sure, for sure. And, hmm, let's see. Now, do you have you been to any of like the local meetups, maybe like Dribble or something to meet with other local designers or anything of the sort? Like, where can they start at? Like, you got to put yourself out there, but where do you put yourself out there at? Like, Dribble, um, Designer News, like, where at? Yeah, so <laughs> that's like one of the other things that I kind of go back to of like, it's all about who you put yourself in front of. Um, like for me, I, I was able to kind of get in touch with like people who were like had invites to things like Layer Vault, and I actually got my dribble invite from uh, a guy named Chris. He's actually a designer at Facebook now. He was originally a designer at Parse, mm-hmm. um, and Parse was bought by Facebook a few years ago, and he was actually working. Uh, with parts at the time and he just happened to see me on dribble no he actually saw me on twitter he's like hey man you want a dribble invite i was like of course yeah like, uh, <laughs> it was like one of the most exciting times in my life and now i'm like you know whatever to dribble because i've just gotten so consumed and like working um yeah i but... the last time i posted like a dribble uh, <laughs> mock man like i'm rusting myself in that regard yeah, yeah, it's it, it's become like one of those communities i just wish it was like a lot stronger than it is it's like you know, I used to be that that designer that was so about like the pixel. Um, you know, like let me add a little tilt shift yeah. to it, throw a glare <laughs> on top of that UI, then make it have yeah. a nice backdrop and post that baby to dribble. Yeah, that's all, that's all <laughs> I that to be about. Like, man, like what can I make now that's like super sexy, super pixel perfect? Aside from what I made like a week ago, and how many likes can I get on dribble? Exactly. Um, and at the time, it was cool because it kept me curious again, and it kept me super interested and and focused yeah, on like practice. And this gives you more room to practice, right? You're still cranking out iterations and all that, so you're still probably growing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I think that was huge at the time. But as you grow, it's it's kind of it's kind of good to kind of get away from that and like decompress mm-hmm. uh, and focus more about like the people you're designing for. I, I call. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I call them users earlier. I hate doing that. Like they're people. I, I always hate saying that word. Like hate it. Yeah. Um, I, I I mean well when I say. For but, sure, definitely. Um, but in terms of like dribble meetups and things like, especially in Atlanta, um, Yikag has actually been doing a lot of things to try to help this. Um, so we actually hosted a Halloween themed dribble meetup back in October. Um, and a lot of designers and just like college students in Atlanta from like other agencies, uh, a couple of people from MailChimp came out um, just to kind of visit and kind of like stay relevant and what's going on. Um, and a lot of people just kind of want to come check out our office because they've like, never seen it there's like this little facade oh wait you guys are based in atlanta yeah yeah we are oh wow that's something i learned today i thought it was just like yeah. a small like a remote <laughs> or something like that oh wow no no, no. so that's actually same with mail trip too yeah yeah what the wow those are like <laughs> two companies that y'all really like here i thought like both of them were in the bay i didn't know they're in atlanta Holy no no, no. yeah that's actually what i was about to get to like what i what i meant was like there's a big facade of people think like 
people that work at Yik Yak are like not real. Like we're like yeah. not real. There's just it's just like users. yeah, it's almost <laughs> like this bot just like built an app that's like terrible for the world and it's like damaging everything and like that's totally like not what we are. Um, you know, we're an actual company. We have an office. We work very hard every day to to try to make the best product for the people that use Yik Yak. Um, so you know, I mean, it happens like. People kind of make those assumptions, but word, word. yeah, we're just like sitting right in the heart of Atlanta, man. Like every day. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, actually, my older sister lives in uh, Atlanta and uh, North Buckhead. So awesome. Love awesome. this city. Yeah. That's what's up. Oh, let's see here. So, where are some other big um, tech companies that are based in Atlanta? Actually. Uh, so the biggest is probably Mailchimp. Um, Yikak is like up there. Also, I mean, like uh, there are times where like. I can like go out and wear my yik yak hoodie, and people like stop me and ask me questions, and sometimes a little annoying, but it's it's, it's it's all for the greater good. Like I understand. Um, what else? Like who else is here? Uh, Twitter actually has an office here. Um, wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that Twitter has an office in the black mecca of the United States, essentially, and they still don't know how to revamp their platform to tailor black Twitter? Dude, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> and what's actually crazy is that there's actually a marketing team in Atlanta. Get the heck <laughs> out of here! <laughs> yeah, so they actually work in the same building as uh, Mailchimp, um, which is pretty surreal. Um, but yeah, they have an office here. Um, Google is here. Also, they have like a more of like a finance, accounting, and engineering office here. Yeah. Uh, Square is also here, but. What was really smart, like what Jack Dorsey did a few years ago, was he came to Atlanta and he was looking for like office space, and uh, he did it specifically like two, three miles away from Georgia Tech because all the engineers Engineering he's been hiring have been like all from Georgia Tech prior to that time. He was getting so many from Georgia Tech, so he just decided to build an office here and allow them to stay in Atlanta. Um, and it's actually not too far from where I live, so. That's a suck. That's a suck. Very cool, very cool. So yeah, um, let's talk on the Twitter topic. Now that you mentioned that, like, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Like, uh, I mean, you know, like I'm like when it comes to Twitter, I've, I've kind of gotten I'm like totally different in person, but I'm like the person on Twitter that just like I'll say whatever, and it, some of it may seem witty, some of it may seem like I'm just being like complete ass, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story behind your uh, picture? You have like a freaking vase and like or a flower and this like dinker pose like in deep in thought. Like, what's the story behind that? Uh, it's like really just like kind of happened. One of my best friends actually. How did that talk- just happen? <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Like, yeah, one of one of my closest friends. He's a photographer, and uh, we were we were working on a side project at the time. Um, and we just kind of like had a backdrop set up and, uh, our friend's apartment that we were at, he kind of had like these flowers and this Coke bottle and I was just kind of like, they're chilling. I was like, you know what? Like, let's just, let's just get like some really surreal looking like candid photos. And yeah. that's what came <laughs> out of it, man. You know, like stuff like that just kind of happens, but it really describes me like so well. Like, it's just, yeah, it's perfect. I, I love that photo, man. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, just in terms of, like, Twitter, like, I I really, like, don't understand, like, how they don't understand that, like, black Twitter is Twitter. Like, it has, like, dominated the entire service. Even, like, uh, a lot of these trending hashtags, a lot of them are, like, started by, I think, black Twitter. 
It, it's very, very true, man. I, I just feel like they, I mean, I do believe they pay attention to it, but I think it's just one of those things where, like, it really does, like, go unnoticed uh, so, so much. Like, I, I was tweeting about, like, a couple weeks ago of how, like, black culture is, like, super underrated and, like, underappreciated and things like that. Um, and what I really meant by that was, like, you know, I don't mean, like, it goes overlooked completely, but, I mean, people know the things that we do and, like, the things that we can create for, like, culture and for, like, media. Yeah, but you see it ever- on Twitter all the time. Like, corporate, um, there's an article about this, about corporate, like, entities taking, like, you know, uh, on fleek, like, yeah. black vernacular and all that, like, all the uh, things from black culture and using it to promote their products and what they're, like, you know, selling. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was actually talking about that too. Like when I when I went on Twitter to talk about that, um, I was saying like hotline bling. You know, like it it won't help your company, and like dabbing won't help your company either. Like it won't get people on your side. Like these are mm-hmm. things that frustrate black people when you take them from things that we enjoy and you try to tailor them to like this mass world, um, and that's not what it's for. Like there are things that are for us that we just enjoy and we love and. You know, sometimes you just kind of want to keep that. They're personal for us. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Great answer. Yeah, yeah, man. Twitter is just like, it's, I mean, it, it's a great platform. Like, but nobody uh, knows what to do with that. At least they don't know what to do with it, like in terms of monetiza- monetization or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough, man. Like, I have a few friends that, that work there and have worked there. Um, and I mean, like, more than anything, like, I... I respect what they do because uh, I know just as much how tough it is to build a product and mm-hmm. have everybody in the world like feel strongly about it in a positive way. Um, but Twitter moves so fast, man. Like I, oh, I actually yeah. like retweeted something today. Uh, I probably sounded like an ass again when I <laughs> retweeted it, but it is what there, it is, yo. Uh, there was this there was this tweet that I found from an account. Um, I can't remember who it is exactly, but. Um, they were they had a tweet from like 2009 they were like uh trying to get used to this twitter thing and i retweeted and i was like you know like still relevant like (laughs) it's 2015 still trying to get used to twitter it changes so much um and i think that's like a blessing and a curse at the same time like i love what jack is doing and like trying to reinvent and try to stay true to what his original vision was for twitter i think that's really really important um because i think that's what's gotten twitter to where it's at now like i think twitter is like the best piece of information that we can have like our attention span is like so small um and i honestly hear about news on twitter before i do anywhere else oh definitely um and i think that's what's really really special about it but you know there are a lot of things that they try and some things just like don't make sense like my whole like timeline reordering the other day was like insane moment i don't really care for personally (laughs) i think like See, like that's that's where it's tough to be a designer because I love moments and I love like what it does and um, like that right there you get to see like the struggle of really trying to take an idea and put it into a story and I think that's where like a lot of people mess up things like everything is not a story everything cannot like be built into a story it's really really tough to do that and people don't care they care about like right now mm-hmm. they care about right now like what's useful for them like that's why hashtags and like new tweets are so so relevant for people and everything else just kind of like an added bonus but don't get me wrong moments is a beautiful product i actually do use it but it's like does everyone else care to use it and that's where like the disconnect becomes 
for sure, for sure, for sure. All right, well, I think it's like kind of winding down. I'm kind of running out of questions to ask. <laughs> I guess uh, just to wrap things up, what if, so just to reiterate, what advice do you have for aspiring designers, especially those of color that are really looking to break into the tech industry? I know you you said it earlier, but I think it'd be good to like reiterate um, so they can like get it committed to memory. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think like a big thing is just always stay stay patient. Um, everything like has its time. Like there were a lot of times where I wanted to do things like right then and there when I had like an idea or a spark to do something. Um, and you know, like I think staying patient and staying curious are, are very very important. Um, I'm still curious to this day, um, but I really really learned more. Than anything timing um, has become like so important. Like. For me, like most people don't know, especially in the industry, I'm I'm 22. So, um, I mean, like, you know, I have so much more time to do so many things, um, and I'm in such a great position right now, um, you know. And I, I really, really think when you just kind of take a step back and know what you want to focus on, that's a huge help. And please get a mentor. Like, I I still like honestly, I really don't have a mentor now. As I say that, like, I'm super biased, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have one. Um, I really, really want one. So but I think like, it's good to reach out to people on Twitter and see if they can mentor you as well. Or at least if somebody bounce ideas off of, you know? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of like still that kid that just kind of, I don't really like bothering people. So I just kind of like say to myself. You get used to it. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather just like go on Twitter or like go to like Medium and read an article about something and kind of get my inspiration back up. Yeah, um, but there are a few people in the industry that I do like stay in touch with that can really really help me sometimes and i really really need it um i'm trying to get tristan walker on my list whenever he emails me back so i'm waiting on that <laughs> he's a cool dude I've talked he is, yeah, he's super, a cool super cool super cool love sure. what he's doing yeah all right yo well, justin thank you for your time I really appreciate it man thanks for having me man like i love what you guys are doing with two black nerds i think like it's so needed you know we just need people that are like super invested into what we're doing um and just making sure that people try to stay connected to everything because like we matter just as much as anything else. So thanks a lot, man. Nah, anytime, man. All right, y'all. This has been another episode of Two Black Nerds. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Two Black Nerds or email us at hello at twoblacknerds.com. This has been Ihaya Kachuku interviewing Justin Carson. And until next time, take care, y'all. Peace. Peace.